It's that time again. Time again for the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. We have Ian McMacken and Jim Ines joining us today. We're going to talk about all things cowboy football. There's a virtual studio audience. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome to the Cowboy Roundtable number seven for 2018. How you doing, Ian? Well, I'm doing great, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. I've kind of spent the last couple of days brushing off the basketball roster and doing some uh, research on the basketball team with that just around the corner. So basketball, football will intercede here in about three weeks, and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what's going to transpire over the next couple of weeks with football. Yeah, um, you can see it on the board. Uh, people are really glomming on to basketball. I'm, I'm kind of football-centric, I have to admit, but I don't blame them. They're a little, uh, it's a little depressing. Uh, Jim, Jim, you're down there in Parker, Colorado as well. Uh, how are you doing? Doing well, Jeff, and thanks for having me on. Um, I'd like to say that basketball is motivating me, but, uh, I suppose it has to given the situation of our football team, but you also look where they're picked seventh in the conference. And and I'm thinking that they ought to be a little better than that, but, uh, you know, maybe those guys know where we're really at and we're just so entrenched in such fans of cowboy sports that we sometimes we don't see clearly, but that's okay. That's why we're cowboy fans. Yeah, there's um, sometimes you just have to um, forget about reality and uh, get, let that hope springs eternal uh, because uh, sometimes it can be pretty tough being a cowboy fan. Keep in mind that our football team got picked second by that same group of people. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, and and many of us on here were were talking of you know possibly nine and three, ten and two seasons as well, and and hopefully you know that we were going to get that first uh, you know Power Five win this year. And gosh, it just seems like we were pretty close that day. And you know, Ian and Jeff, don't you feel it's kind of spiraled down? since then rather than going the other way yes and i've got i've got some appropriate music for that here let me play that that's chopin's funeral march Kind of reflective of how the season's going and how we feel. But are we ready to bury cowboy football yet? I don't know. Not, not quite. Uh, you know, hope springs eternal again here with Utah State, and boy, that's going to be a tough, tough job. That you know, Utah State team and Matt Wells seems like he really has them pretty well oiled and. And I would think that after two straight losses, you know, they're going to be really fired up to come in and take that rifle and and uh, strut it around on War Memorial. And hopefully we can do something to maybe prevent that. Because otherwise, 
you know, we're now down to if we have any sense of, of trying to salvage the season, it requires us to win four consecutive games. And that's going to be a pretty tough order given the, the status of our offense right now. Yeah, it's looking grim, but, uh, you know, you got to have, you got to have faith. Uh, now, uh, let's play, uh, coach bull had his opening statements. Um, uh, well, I tell you what, let's do better than that. Let's, let's go back to the end of the game. Uh, this, uh, provided by the university of Wyoming and Learfield sports, by the way, uh, this is, um, uh, Dave and Kevin interviewing uh, coach bull after the game. And we welcome you back to Bulldog Stadium here in Fresno, California. The final score tonight, it was Fresno State 27, Wyoming 3. And let's go downstairs and visit with Cowboy head football coach Craig Bowl. Uh, coach, uh, tip your cap, I suppose. That's a very good Fresno State team. But let's look back at the game and your thoughts on this one. Well, coming out of the um, start, I thought we had a good start. You know, we've got got off the field and, and our offense uh, moved the ball down the field and you got a field goal. You know, I thought a running game at the n- initial part was pretty good and then that allowed us to mix some things up. As the game progressed, you know, I thought Fresno did a really good job uh, with some of the things they were doing defensively and particularly, you know, we had a really difficult time um, completing some passes. And the other thing that became apparent too was just a, you know the uh, the field position, which was created uh, by you know our uh, our lack of being able to get off the field and getting some takeaways on defense. And then I think you know we certainly need to improve the part of the kicking game. You know we got better as the game went along, but that field position really had a big big impact. And and you know Fresno's not a typically a high scoring offense, but they play field position football they don't beat themselves and you know we got behind the eight ball and that's kind of how they've been beating teams so a disappointing loss i think fresno is a good team we certainly can play better and we need to we need to play better in all three phases we need to we need to get off the field more uh on third down i thought their quarterback did a good job running the football and then off offensively you know we've got to score points uh, this i don't know how many games it's been without scoring a touchdown so We've got to address some things this week and uh, make some adjustments because we certainly need to be more productive there. You know, Coach, I, I did uh, feel like the defense played pretty well. Uh, they uh, limited them to 6 of 14 on third down. That was uh, – they'd been uh, converting like 57% mm-hmm. of them in the past. So, uh, But they had some big plays, and as you say, the field position was just uh, really more than the post could overcome. Well, it certainly was, and uh, beating a good team like this on the road was going to be uh, doable, but we were going to need to play on-point football. We didn't do that tonight. We've had a tough stretch here. That comes with where we're at, and this is my job as a head coach. we got to get our butts back to Laramie. we lick our wounds up, get ready to play Utah State. we got a homecoming game this next weekend. Our, our, our locker room and coaches, we've got to band together. We certainly got to make improvements, but, uh, you know, there's no quitting this football team. We'll take uh, one step and put one step in front of the other. Well, uh, that was uh, Coach Bull after the game, and uh, obviously uh, he knows what's uh, at stake. Um, and I'm sure they're under a lot of pressure over there. Um, what is the consensus out there, uh, Jim? You've watched the board. There's a lot of angst and anger and all that. But um, how do you how do you read the the coach and the football team? Well, 
for the most part, I still see that overall the support for Coach Bull, I think, is still fairly solid. Uh, I think that most of the uh, concern and hesitation on, on the program right now is is with some of the assistant coaches. Uh, so you, you sense that people still have a buy-in with Coach Bull, but now it's, it's, it's getting to the point where they're starting to question you know, his, his selection of his assistant coaches and, and a return to the Joe Glenn, you know, era of what happened to him. He had a great head coach that was well-liked and, you know, he just kind of went down with uh, his blind allegiance to his assistant coaches. And, you know, one of the posts I really truly uh, thought was right on point and it really hit home with me when this one poster said, I never thought that we'd get to this point with Coach Bowl. And so it really struck home with me that, yeah, I, I never thought we would get to this point that he would have command of the program and he just would not allow uh, a situation like this to happen. And boy, it surely has. Yeah, it has. And uh, it is shocking to see some of the comments uh, on the board and, and some of the vitriol that's out there uh, 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 about him. And uh, that I, I'm with you. I would have never seen that. Uh, Ian, um, how about you? Uh, what, what's your sense of the state of the program as far as uh, in terms of the fans? Well, I think uh, Jim nailed it pretty good. He covered it pretty well people came into the season with uh, pretty good expectations and why not? We have an almost an entire defense coming back. Uh, certainly Josh Allen being gone, leaving or moving on, I should say, there was certainly some concern at quarterback, but I think as Jim alluded to, I think the fans had a lot of confidence that coach bowl would find a way uh, to fix uh, the offense, you know, make, make the appropriate changes or just, you know, maybe another year of birthdays for these players that really what's holding this team back right now, there's no question. I mean, I'm being master of obvious by saying this is the inability to move the ball on offense. Cause I think this defense is at least solid enough to keep the Cowboys in football games against some of the best competition, especially the Mount West. And at this point, the offense has just been really just cannot move the chains. Um, it's really hard to watch this offense play. And, um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if this is something that's going to get resolved here in the next couple of weeks, but the schedule does lighten up a little bit after maybe Utah State or CSU where, you know, the Cowboys might be able to get some momentum moving the ball on offense. Well, uh, you know, the Coach Bull uh, talked about that at his presser. You know, they asked him about some of the changes that he uh, uh, was uh, planning on making, and he was uh, real short on specifics. Uh, obviously he didn't want to uh, tip his hand in that way. Uh, but, um, he did, uh, he was asked about, um, uh, the changes, uh, uh, that, uh, he needed to make. Well, I, I think we need to look at personnel changes. Uh, you know, there's, there'll be some things that we do, some schematic things that we need to do. Um, you know, there's times we've run the ball fairly effectively and then what'll occur is we've got to be more consistent as far as, and I'm not shooting ourselves 
in the foot with a timely uh, penalty or something like that or an untimely penalty. So we're certainly um, scratching our heads to, to generate points. It's going to be important. You know, we've gone two games without a touchdown, and it's going to be hard to beat people, particularly good people on the road, without scoring some points. So um, personnel changes. He's uh, didn't want to talk about what they're thinking about in personnel changes. Um, uh, do, does anybody ever uh, – can we fathom a change at quarterback, bringing uh, – uh, what is that freshman chambers up or uh, is, is, do you think that's out of the realm of possibility? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, Jeff. I, I can understand why coach bull doesn't want to go into personnel stuff and give too much away. Maybe it's a lot to do with the opponents and he definitely doesn't want to start throwing players under the bus. Cause you know how fans can react to that sometimes, but just out of respect to the uh, players. But, you know, I think, um, Vanderwall has a lot of capability, but when I think once we get to that spot of the schedule where there's only four games remaining in the schedule, um, at least in the regular season, um, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Sean Chambers coming in and getting some looks. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I just get the gut feeling that the coaching staff wants us to follow through with Vanderwall being a redshirt freshman and everything and let him get it through his hiccups and growing pains. Well, you know, uh, Coach Bowl even was asked about changing up the scheme. You know, uh, we know uh, famously that uh, uh, they believe in being a running team first. Uh, that's been their uh, mantra uh, that they've spoken the whole time. And uh, uh, he was asked about that, uh, about changing the um, uh, uh changing the, 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 the method and the scheme. And um, here's what he said about uh, using tempo. He was asked by a, a reporter from Fresno about that. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've kicked that around. Um, you know, sometimes you gotta got to be artful uh, about when you use tempo in the offense, uh, but that's certainly been something that we've discussed. So uh, he says he's uh, open to... Uh, some changes. Uh, uh, they're really going to have to do something. I'd like to see them. Um, I'd like to see them throw to the tight ends a little more, <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe even uh, uh, go to a um, uh, uh, a sweep option kind of thing. I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Jim? Well, I, I don't see Coach Ball really tinkering with what he's comfortable with uh i there might be a few little wrinkles here and there but you know he's a pretty you know much s stuck with what he feels he's all about the program that he wants to to designate for the, for the, the cowboys and i don't see any real big changes uh this is what brought him to the dance and I, I think he's going to just uh, stay with it. Uh, the wrinkles will probably be so insignificant that most of us really won't be able to see them. Uh, he's, he, this is his program. This is what he thinks is going to make the university of Wyoming football team successful. And I, he's going to stick with his guns. I just don't see a, a big change. Well, uh... There's a lot of frustration out there because of the uh, the way they uh, do it. But then again, uh, results um, 
results uh, were better in past years. Um, and, of course, uh, I think the last quarterback we had had a lot to do with that. Uh, so I don't know. Um, uh, I guess we, we'll just have to see. Uh, again, the, the, he did mention the fact that we always seem to have problems with uh, third down. In fact, uh, he was asked about that. But, uh, yeah, I think there's some things we need to do to to work on. We, we, we have a real problem offensively right now extending drives because our third down percentage, our uh, conversion is so poor. And so we're working. A lot of times it's not third down and longs, it's third down and makeables. So we're working hard on that. And uh, one of the problems they have is it seems like they um, uh, always, or not always, but in a lot of times will do some really dumb penalties. Uh, right at the beginning of a series and uh, put them behind the eight ball just to start or they'll make a good um, they'll make a good uh, uh, gain get the first down and then have a stupid penalty on that so it seems like they've been really um, really snake bit yeah I think there's a combination of uh, problems going you alluded to the penalties Jeff also just just the little things like a drop pass on a third and four, maybe the wide receiver not aggressively on a couple sideline patterns where it looks like there could have been some plays made to extend drives. Um, you know, you had the punt issue, which set Fresno State up in a real good uh, field position. Uh, there was a play where Austin Fort was really wide open, um, a key play in the game that Cowboys are down by a couple scores really need to go down the field and drive. So it just seems like a little bit of a mistake over here, offensive tackle, not blocking a guy on one play. So it's just like there always seems to be one thing that adds up. And when you start adding up all these issues together, that, that it just leads to where the offense is at this point. Well, now, and, and you're right. Uh, I said the margin of error on this team is so small that uh you make those plays and the, the season could have looked substantially different, but uh, we don't have that margin of error. And uh, we're at this point now. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't seem like they catch a break with the team that they're playing. You know, uh, Fresno was good and uh, Utah state's going to be good. And so they really don't have uh, anyone that um, uh, they can, uh, relax against they're going to have to have point production and uh, uh, I, I've i got the feeling that they're going to have to go down the field a lot more they're going to have to use tempo I believe and they've talked about that um, so you know um, what are the other things that you can do given the personnel that you have I mean um, uh, Nico Evans has done everything that he could I mean he's getting now, am I correct in saying that he's gotten uh, about 100 yards every game so far? Is that true, or uh, am I misguided? That's, he's gone over. He was leading the country in per-game average for a while. This game this weekend was the first game he's been under below 100 yards in a while. So I believe he is still averaging over 100 yards per game. Yeah, he's he's having a, a year, but um, uh, we just don't have uh, receivers that are um, – well, my, my feeling about the receiving core is, uh, and maybe I'm just, I'm a, 
I'm an old guy sitting in an easy chair watching these things, but it just seems like our, our offense or our receivers, excuse me, are just not um, aggressive enough. They're not uh, possession type of guys. You know, you remember Gentry. Gentry was uh, phenomenal. I mean, you could throw it in his neighborhood in his zip code, and he had a better than uh, even chance of bringing that damn thing down. He didn't catch everything thrown at him, but uh, uh, he surely was very aggressive. And it, it just doesn't seem like our uh, receivers are in that realm. You know what I'm saying? Um, even when Vanderwall, uh, Vanderwall gets it to him in a pretty good shape, we've had a lot of drops. I mean, critical drops, like you've mentioned before. Uh, you know, we had a drop against Hawaii, I guess, was it in the end zone? Hit the tight end right in the chest. And, uh, of course, he had he had interference from, um, or not interference, but he had competition with the uh, with the cornerback there and the, the two backs, but uh, he could have caught that ball. So, you know, it's just, it's that kind of stuff. I don't know. And, and maybe it's just my frustration boiling to the top, but it just doesn't seem like they're very aggressive. I, well, I think you're right, Jeff. I mean, I've noticed that, especially over the last couple games, but throughout the season, um, it was very evident against Fresno State. Um, I mean, they had aggressive cornerbacks, obviously, who were athletic and got up in the receiver's face, but there was a, a number of passes I just felt that the wide receiver in the old days of Cowboy football or some of the older great receivers we had would have made a lot of those plays and extended drives and it's just I mean unfortunately Ismail's dropped a couple pretty critical balls this year already um he's done it a number of times he did against Fresno so I think what you're saying Jeff uh, you're you're probably not the only one noticing that right now yeah I tell you oh boy it's um and then the other thing special teams has had its problems uh punting um Boy, we just can't flip that field. Uh, I don't know if um, the offense crossed, what did they cross, 50-yard line once. We know that because they got down close enough to kick their only field goal. But how many other times did they get across the 50-yard line during that game? Well, it's really difficult when you have an offense that's struggling like we are right now, and especially in the Fresno game where the our, our beginning point was – so often within the five to 10 yard line that it really changes the ability to do what you might want to do. Uh, and you have to become more conservative down there because you just can't afford the big mistake. And ultimately with the offense, the way it is right now, we're going three and out, we're, we're getting maybe five or six yards. And now we're punting with a young man that's, you know, doing a great job given his situation, but is was not brought on this team to be the, the team punter. Yeah, so <laughs> we got uh, uh, the 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 one guy on the team uh, that you can say, uh, besides Nico Evans and his running, the other guy on the team is uh, Roth, uh, 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 the field goal kicker. Now he's been he's been nails uh, all all year long, and uh, he's the one that only scored points uh, against Fresno. And, you know, let's listen to the uh, post-game interview by uh, Dave Walsh. And our player of the game, well, he continues to amaze as it's pretty amazing to me. He has not missed a field goal try this season. He's 9 for 9. He had a 44-yarder tonight. 
Uh, he is 12 of he's said all 12 of his last tries dating back to last year. He's not missed an extra point this season. He's just been spectacular. Cooper Roth is our player of the game, and Cooper, uh, I just I'm always amazed at, at uh, you going out there and all by kind of all not alone. Certainly, you count so much on Nick Spore and and others to make this thing go. But uh, your thoughts, what are you thinking when you go out there, for, for example, tonight lining up for that 44-yarder? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think always credit goes to the long snapper, the holder, and uh, the O-line for making everything possible. And then I think also just credit to the offense for getting me in field position to do my job. But, you know, just like every other kick, I take it game by game. And kick by kick, just go through the same routine, just relax when you get out there, remember to breathe. And, you know, coach always puts me in a situation that I know I can handle. So I think just trusting that and trusting myself gets me through everything. Well, you've pretty much been to most of the stadiums in the Mountain West. Do you have a favorite that you like kicking in other than uh, War Memorial? Um, personally, War Memorial is my favorite. You know, I don't know if the altitude's a big thing, but, you know, I think just having the fans there and just the environment around you is really big and special to me. Is it overrated, the, the uh, high altitude as opposed to sea level or low level? Um, you know, I don't, maybe a little bit, but, you know, I think it's more of a mental thing as the whole kicking thing kind of goes, you know, if you think about it and tell yourself the ball won't go as far, you know, you'll probably mess up. And, you know, I just look at it as, you know, I, I missed one kickoff today or just ended up being short. So just picking apart the little things and looking forward to working on that in practice next week. You know, Cooper, uh, I really enjoyed Robert Gagliardi's, uh, article on you the other day in the, in the newspaper, man. Uh, your teammates have a lot of respect for you and, and, uh, I know it probably wasn't easy to start out and uh, make your way, but you've uh, earned a lot of respect from this teammate. It's got to make you feel very good. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think just going back to my freshman year and all the games that we happened to lose by three, you know, I kind of just look back at that and just wish I could have those back. But the only way to do that is just move forward now. And, you know, obviously it might not have just came down to those three points. Some other factors could have been influencing that. And, but I just look back and, you know, just think if I'd done my job, maybe that would have happened, this would have happened. So I think that's just my goal every time I go out there is just more motivation, just take it serious and try to do my job as best as I can. I would suspect that you as a kicker really do uh, feel like you're one of the team leaders here. You've been around. You're a veteran. Uh, do you feel that way? Um, yeah, you know, I think especially with all the, I guess, the younger guys and the new New punting situation. I try to do as much as I can. You know, I don't know a bunch, but bunch a lot about um, snapping or punting, anyways. But I know I can help them with just the mental game and just staying strong, telling them to breathe, remind them of little things that I see them do good to practice and whatnot. But I think just trying to lead them, just seeing what I do, I guess off the field too, just can help them out. So I try to do that as best as I can. Hey Cooper, it's been a blast watching you kick, and thanks so much for coming on with us tonight. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me. That was the interview uh, with. Um Cooper Roth, uh, after the game, the only person, uh, the only player uh, <laughs> that scored points for Wyoming. Uh, and again, we want to thank Learfield Sports, University of Wyoming, for allowing us to use those clips. Uh, Cooper Roth has um, been with us uh, for a while now. Uh, I'm, I don't know where he uh, ranks in the uh, list of kickers, but I'm, I certainly believe that... Uh, He's uh, up there with the Poister and uh, 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 Bob Jacobs in terms and the other uh, good field goal kickers that we've had. I think he's going to be in that uh, pantheon. Well, probably at least in percentage made of his attempts. Uh, 
especially the last two years and, and definitely this year. However, you know, his point production as far as overall points probably won't get him up to those top levels just because he's not had the opportunity to be out there that often. And, and certainly he's not kicked a lot of extra points here the last two weeks. Um, the one thing you mentioned about playing in front of the fans, that's, that's going to be a real concern going forward. If, if we don't uh, pull off some miraculous win against Utah state, I, I'm just seeing that the next two games after that could be really small crowds. And, and that's, to me, very unfortunate that everything that has occurred the last two years, all that momentum, all that positive feeling uh, could get dashed so quickly. But, you know, where we have a program that's been so up and down over the years, you know, I'm going to be at the games, but I, I could just suspect that a lot of other people around me won't be there uh, uh, on Saturday. And if we lose, especially those next the next two games after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, uh, that's that's uh, pretty rough. And especially it's uh, getting into I think it's getting into hunting season as well. When we get into mo- November uh, elk elk season. So that always has an impact. Wyoming's one of those few states that when the. Uh, when the hunting season comes out, it has an impact on our on our football season, on attendance, and so uh, there's that. Uh, one thing though, they were asking uh, Coach Bowl about the team itself and its morale, how the morale of the team is uh, being at this point, and uh, here's his response at the presser. Um, no, I you know what, uh, they're a really resilient group, and there is a lot of pride. Uh, they certainly. Uh, did not and we did not anticipate our record being reflective of where we're at. However, we knew going in and looking at this schedule, it was going to be challenging. Uh, but you know, I, I, other than overcoming some, you know, some sleep deprivation from some some really tough trips, I think these guys have got a really good attitude. And so, uh, you know, it's always helpful to get back out to work. Uh, we'll have a great uh, spirited practice today. So. Um... Uh, Coach Bowl uh, seems to suggest that the morale on the team is still pretty good, um, and uh, you, you you really are in trouble if the team's morale tanks. I mean, I, they've got to be frustrated uh, with this, but um, uh, uh, that's at least one good sign. Well, I think this is what comes down to recruiting character, and I've always felt that Coach Bowl and his staff went out and look for character type athletes. And that was a big part of their decision-making on signing players. And you, and during times like this is really when the character situation starts to come into play. And I think just my feeling, I think there's a lot of that on this football team. I think there's a lot of competitiveness on this team and there's good leadership on, on this football team. This is a football team that's been to two straight bowls, one back to back eight games um, seasons. So I don't think this is a team that's going to tuck and tuck his tail and run. I think they're going to keep moving forward and and keep fighting and battling. Well, let's uh, let's uh, uh, put this uh, put this behind us, and um, why don't we start talking about the upcoming um, Utah State game?
<laughs> all right, all right, guys. All right, all right. Well, our crowd didn't like that, but. Uh, <laughs> um, Is that boo birds there? Yeah, I got the boo birds oh, there man. coming out. <laughs> um, but that was Jim for a minute. No, well, no. That was uh, just the average day on the board, I think. <laughs> That that would would know, if we could has not been a fun place the last four or five weeks. It's been really since the, I guess the Washington State game. Yeah, if we could not if we could wire it up news. if we could wire the board up for sound, that would probably be the 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 uh, <laughs> what it would sound like. But um, uh, what do we know about Utah State? Well, well my, go ahead, Jim. Well. They score a lot of points. They're five and one. They played Michigan State, you know, to the final and lost by, I believe, just one touchdown at East Lansing. And you know, Matt Wells is the kind of coach that remembers that he lost these last two games to Wyoming, and last year uh, losing at their home field. Uh, he's going to have his players ramped up because they can see that this is uh, a Wyoming team that can be taken down and they're not going to let the opportunity pass. So it's just a matter right now is that does Wyoming have the ability to score enough points to give the defense, you know, the, the chance to, to keep us in the game. And, and right now, Wow, it just seems that that might be a very difficult ordeal. And so this is going to be a very tough game. I mean, we're already 15-point underdogs at home. And, you know, those guys in Las Vegas know quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bo was talking about one of the factors that uh, Utah State brings into this game that uh, they didn't have as much last year, and that's their quarterback. Uh, Here's his comments. Well, I no, I think Jordan Love has really added a great dimension for them, and he played a little bit against us last year. At, but uh, you know, he's he's throwing the ball really well. Uh, their offensive coordinator does a great job dialing up some schemes. Um, you know, they spread the field out, then they tempo you, and uh, that's been a challenge from us from time to time. So we'll need to work hard on that. Um, <clears throat> but I think the biggest thing is their quarterback is playing lights out. And, you know, if you're playing really well quarterback, you got a shot to be pretty good. So there you have it, another quarterback that's having a good year. It seems like they're just bringing them down the pike one after another, you know. And we've got these guys. Uh, 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 we haven't we haven't played against uh, at least the, one, the games we've lost. They've all been pretty good quarterbacks. Yeah, the teams we've been playing have not been turning the football over. Don't seem like they're making a lot of mistakes. Um, when the Cowboys do have an opportunity for turnover, a big play, they don't seem to execute. Um, I think for this Utah State game, the Cowboys are going to have to find a way to get some turnover, some momentum-type plays, maybe some things on special teams, uh, just kind of break uh, break this uh, thing there. And right now, if they can drop, maybe come out with some turnovers to get himself excited, especially early in the game, Maybe put it put a drive together, surprise some folks with a drive or two. Um, that's kind of what it's going to take. But they're going to have to get out of the gate really early in this football game, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, they've got to they they've got to come out almost like they didn't against Fresno State, but they've got to maintain it. I mean, 
the Fresno State game opened up pretty well. They made a drive. Uh, they got down there, and they, they made a field goal, and I was thinking at the beginning of that game, okay, all right, looks like the looks like they've got it together, and then it just went downhill from there. And so, um, yeah, this Utah State <laughs> game, um, this is about the Utah State confidence. Um, you know, they're certainly one of the better teams, and I think they're playing with a great deal of confidence. We are excited about being back at home, it seems like, forever since we've been here. And so uh, we're excited about that. Yeah, he didn't um, he didn't go into it uh, too much, but like you said, they are awfully aware of how well uh, this football team uh, is coming into Laramie plays, and how well they've done. Uh, their one loss, I guess, was against Michigan State, right? That's correct. Uh, that was their only loss, and like we mentioned, is. They had the opportunity and the ability to win that game on the road and, and to lose to a Power 5 team like they did by only a touchdown. You know, this Aggie offense is 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 quite the story right now. It's I think it's their fifth straight game that they've uh, scored 40-plus points. Mm. And from what I understand, that a team that has scored five straight points or five straight games – where they've scored 40 plus points has happened only a very few times over the last 150 years of, of, of college football. And they can, they can score quickly. Uh, in the UNLV game, I was checking the score. And at one point it was still, it was tied up seven to seven. I thought, wow, UNLV's hanging in there. And it seemed just virtually after a little bit of time, I looked again and the score had, Changed from seven to seven to thirty-five to seven, so mm-hmm. they're they're quite explosive. Oh boy! <laughs> well, this maybe is where if Wyoming can establish a running game and milk the clock, and do ball control, maybe maybe that offensive philosophy is what you need to play a team like Utah State. But you know, because as you said, Jim, they they seem to be scoring extremely quick. They're starting to remind me of that Utah team back in the mid two thousands with with Alex Smith that just scored constantly in the in the WAC or Mountain West back then. So I think with this certain game, maybe that philosophy will work well if Wyoming can get a running game going, move the chains. They're going to have to do those type of things to have any chance in this football game and milk that clock down and uh, not give Utah State as uh, many opportunities. Well, looking back at the Hawaii game, uh, the Rainbow Warriors were uh, scoring uh, uh, quite a few points coming into the Wyoming game. And we held them down, or we, they held them down uh, under their average. So uh, this really is on the defense to to uh, get them off the field uh, uh, as fast as they can and to keep that scoring down. But, it, and it, you know, it's a two-way deal, and the offense then has to do something with it, <laughs> you know, once they get the ball back. So uh, it's, uh, wow. I think the defense has, you know, lived up to their reputation for the most part in the Mountain West. But when you only score three points against Fresno State, you know, they still only score 27 points. And that's where the defense was out there a big periods of time. So if the Wyoming team could score 17 or 20 points, which is hardly a big offensive explosion, we would have different results. We have a different result at Fresno. We have a different result at Hawaii. And you you catch a couple uh, passes in the end zone. 
uh, things change, but uh, boy, the spiral has gone down. Uh, the off week that we were also optimistic about would right the ship uh, didn't do that. If, if, if anything, the, the spiral uh, started going down that much quicker after that bye week. Hmm. Well, the schedule's been tough. Uh, we played some really good football teams. And we just haven't had, it just comes down with us having struggles on offense. We really needed to have a, at least a, a subpar, at least an average offense, maybe a little above average to play this schedule and be successful with it. And Wyoming's at the bottom of the statistics right now. And as Jim said, just putting too much pressure on the defense right now. I think the defense has done a great job, but after a while, you know, mentally and psychologically kind of affects the defense when your offense isn't moving the football and then you also can get a little tired. So I, I would really like to see a game where, where our offense could move the ball decently and see what this defense can do, do in that type of situation. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it, it, it's, uh, really, um, frustrating, uh, uh, you know, trying to figure out, uh, what's going on with this offense other than the fact, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people complain about the play calling, you know, and okay, I understand that the play calling is pretty much what it is and we know what it is, but, uh, and I get, I rile people up when I say this, but then it also comes down to the players executing, you know what I'm saying? Everybody doing their job, you know, the quarterback getting the ball out there in a place where the guy can catch it. The guy, doing everything he can to catch the ball, you know, the, the offensive line, you know, holding their blocks for the pass and, and, and uh, executing a good block so that uh, the running backs can get through. I mean, it's a team sport and everybody has to do their jobs. And it's patently obvious that that is not happening on the offense. Well, and you also wonder about what, we all thought was going to be a strength of this team was our tight ends. We had three seniors and their integration into the offenses seemed to be very lacking. Uh, the uh, you know, number of times that they're called upon uh, is, 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 is not very high. Uh, that would seem to be a complement of a fairly conservative type of offense. You would integrate the uh, tight ends into the, into the pattern. Secondly, for the life of me, I still do not understand why the fullback is not allowed to uh, carry the ball a few times a game just to uh, make the defense think that he's more than just a blocker and that they actually have to pay some attention to him, that he might actually have the ball rather than working at, on him as just being a pure blocker and, and shedding off of him to get to the actual ball carrier. Um, Last year, I think Drew Van Manen got a couple carries there at the end of the year, probably more as a treat uh, that he was a senior and didn't have the ball for the last four years. They gave him a couple token runs. But uh, the integration of the, of the tight ends, uh, the, the lack of integrating the fullback into the offense is, is very puzzling to me. Yeah, I'd, I've always been a fan of a fullback. It, it, uh, you, especially with play action, if you've got a fullback diving into the line and you're faking it to him or giving it to him, almost kind of an option sort of situation, that's going to keep uh, 
the the linebacker, at least the middle linebacker, busy because he's going to be worried about that. And like you said, it could open up uh, the middle a little bit more for the uh, tight end. Uh, but you know, we're just all armchair. <laughs> we're just all armchair quarterbacks. So there's, you know, what's the the reasoning or the philosophy behind not doing that is a mystery. But um, you kind of have to assume there's a reason why they don't do that. But who knows? Well, I think we're a little bit entitled to have those opinions where in the last two games we have not scored a touchdown. <laughs> we, have, we have three field goals to the offense credit, and so uh, it somewhat emboldens us armchair quarterbacks to have these comments when you look at the powers to be uh, have generated a total of three field goals. You know, and uh, I, um, I mention this occasionally. I went, uh, I go to Virginia Tech football games on a regular basis because you know, easier to get to than Wyoming games. And my son's a, an alum, and we went to the um, Notre Dame uh, Virginia Tech game, and uh, it was just, I don't know, just mind boggling uh, to see the execution uh, of those teams. And, uh, you know, the, the, the athleticism and, uh, <laughs> I told my son, I says, you shouldn't let me come to these kind of games. Cause it makes me so depressed when I go and, and watch Wyoming play sometimes. Cause it's just not in the same realm, uh, <laughs> of, of performance. Um, but, uh, that's kind of an unfair statement. I mean, those, uh, you know, Notre Dame is a, is a power, uh, a national power and Virginia Tech's no slouch either. Uh, but still, it's it's just, you know, if you could get Wyoming to play to those kinds of uh, execution, uh, it would be something. Well, offensively, we, I mean, people, like Jim said, and you're saying, have a reason to complain. And when you watch a team that's efficient, a well-oiled machine, which we might see one with Utah State, on Saturday, at least offensively, they look like a very well-oiled machine and then see our offense just really just drag throughout the game. You know, they're asking us to support the program and we're gladly to support them and we're big fans, but the fans certainly have a right to things not going well to certainly be the quarterback Sunday morning quarterback in our cases. (laughs) Sunday morning quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's see. The game is, uh, um, what time is it out there? Twelve thirty Mountain Time, and will be televised on AT and T Sportsnet. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't get that out here. It used to be Root Sports, I guess. They changed, right, they changed your name. I think uh, you can get on the internet and watch it if you're not in the in the Rocky region. Oh, really? Get uh, on it and watching the game. So just go to the Mountain West Network. I'm sorry, the WMWC.com and log into schedules and link into the, the viewing of the game from there. So. Okay. For I'm all... also wondering, Ian, if um, that uh, game would be also available on Vision, if if that would be a, a, an alternative for people that aren't in the Laramie area to, to view the Wyoming game. Yeah, I don't think it's a Vision. It can't be because it's on AT&T. Oh, got it. Rocky okay. Mountain. You can't do it that way. Okay. But I do believe that if you're out of our region, given my region, Laramie and Wyoming, where Jeff is located, if you're out <laughs> in those type of regions, you can go either into the schedule. You go to the Wyoming schedule and also link in it. 
do it that way. So I think there's a way to watch the game if you're outside the region. But if you're in the region, you should be able to see it on AT&T Sportsnet. Well, great weather forecast, uh, 55 degrees, sunny. Uh, I didn't check the wind velocity, but I suspect there'll be a little bit of that. But Actually, Jim, I checked the weather forecast, and surprisingly, the lowest wind total in the next 10 days is going to be on Saturday, according to the weather report, and it says seven miles per hour wind. Wow, what a, it's a perfect day. It's a calm day. That's, that's no wind in Laramie. Yeah. That's a perfect day to watch college football. Absolutely. It's homecoming and um, couldn't ask for a better day for at least, uh, you know, with the weather and being homecoming and all that stuff. Well, hopefully the homecoming event will, you know, cause the crowd to be at least uh, uh, somewhat reasonable as far as numbers. But I'm, I'm thinking, Ian, what do you think about fifteen to uh, seventeen thousand in that I think range? It will be a little better than that, just because it's homecoming, and I think a homecoming is one of those events that a lot of people just plan to come to homecoming games, and a lot of these are booked in advance. And with the weather, I think we're gonna we're definitely. I don't think it's gonna quite get to twenty, but I can see it somewhere between eighteen five and nineteen five, something like that. So. Well, that would be a great crowd and just a testament to the support that the Cowboys could have. And, you know, here going into the fifth year, I, I just thought the program was going to be a little further along. Maybe what happened two years ago, we got spoiled a little bit too quick. Maybe this is still part of the maturation process of a, of a, of a program and, you know, is it next year or the year after that all of a sudden all of this is pays forward and we have that spectacular season, but gosh, without a change in the offensive philosophy, I'm just really concerned about the program in the future. And I think you all know that I'm definitely a coach bowl fan and, and a supporter but I'm starting to just get those kind of concerns that are just starting to nag at you now. No, I think offensively, uh, I think maybe some maturity issues, and I hate to say this because it's year five with Bowl, but you look down, down that roster offensively, there's still a lot of younger players on that roster. And if you can somehow put a couple game breakers in there and you get a quarterback that's going to be more, hopefully more seasoned in the future, you know, things can really start coming along with the with the offensive side of the football, hopefully. So that's what I guess we have to hope for. Agreed. And, you know, you have to give at least Coach Bull the benefit of the doubt. That first recruiting class, although he did pick a couple gems out of that first recruiting class, but still was kind of a last-minute thrown-together class. Uh, and even maybe the second year, it gave him a – you know, they had to get their program, their – recruiting philosophy and so on put together. Um, it sure would be a lot nicer if we have a good finish of this season so they can ride some real positive momentum. Uh, two recent successful seasons and the new high-altitude performance center facility, which has to be a huge boom for them, but hopefully a bad season will not overshadow this brand new, beautiful facility. 
Well, when you look at the op- optimistic side, first of all, the season is not over. We may not be playing for a championship now, but this team has to somehow get itself to bowl eligibility. I know it might be a little bit of a stretch even at this point, but there's still plenty of to get excited about in terms of the bowl eligibility. And a lot of fans say, well, it's just bowl eligibility today. But I think it's important for this team to try to get as close to that as possible. And number two is I do think that facility, this is really the first year that this facility has been for recruiting, for this cycle of recruiting that the, the players that are being recruited are going to be able to go through and walk through that facility. And I think you're once you're in there, you can really feel the aura of the whole thing. So I think that's going to be a, a big advantage going forward. So there are some uh, positive elements to look, look forward uh, with this program. Now you, you mentioned bowl eligibility and that uh, reminded me that one of the um, reporters at uh, bowls press conference asked him about bowl eligibility, if that was still a goal. And this is uh, coach bowls response. No, I can tell you right now we're looking at Utah state and, you know, our football team is, a, is in no position to try to take a long range look. We need to take a look at what we got to do to get this win. So <laughs> don't talk to right coach Bowles, Jeff. That was, that was impressive. Well, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> don't talk to coach bowl about bowl, uh, bowl eligibility. You know, I'm glad you pulled that clip out. That could have been more perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you mentioned bowl eligibility, I said, Oh, I got that. I got it covered. You know, all you right. Know, when you think about the last bowl game, I was just looking at the schedule here that, uh, I see that the Buffalo bills are have a bye week on November 18th and I'm just thinking boy it sure would help with uh, the program to have a Josh Allen sighting uh, that week and that's the on the 17th we play the Air Force Academy and so I've been thinking about that I was just checking the schedule and I noticed that the bills are off uh, that week and don't play on Sunday November the 18th so it would allow for Josh to maybe make an appearance in Laramie on the on the seventeenth, that would and be Eddie nice. Arbro did that last year. He he came to Wyoming on his bye week. So, well, there's two of them now. So, and then, uh, uh, you know, Josh will probably have a sling on that elbow of his, uh, depending on what they uh, what they have to do to it. Um, uh, well, with two of them, they can uh, share the driving, and uh, <laughs> just do one of those power drives, and they can be in Laramie before they know it. Well, I think they're making enough money that they don't have to pa- <laughs> they, they don't have to power drive. <laughs> I I did that power drive out to Wyoming uh, for the eclipse, and then on the way back, stopped off at the um, Iowa game. And uh, when I got home, I told my wife, I said, "Well, almost." Uh, Almost 65, and I tell you what, that's going to be the last power drive I go on because, God, it about killed me. So <laughs> You're retired from the power drive a long distance. That's drive. right. The power drive is in my past. It's just uh, airplane or no gain, you know. So, or uh, maybe if I, if I don't have the money, maybe even bus or train, but whatever, you know. I'm not driving. <laughs> so... Um, well, guys, it's it's about that time, and you know what I do? I reach over here. There it is. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, time to crack, crack open a cold one. We've talked a lot of cowboy football. Time to put her to bed. And I want to thank you guys for uh, spending your uh, your Wednesday evening uh, with us. Ian, uh, have a good rest of the week, and you too, Jim. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff and Jim. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's just uh, take this out the traditional way. There you have it. The Cowboy Roundtable. Episode 7 for 2018. I want to thank Ian McMacken, Jim Inest for joining me as we discuss Wyoming Cowboy football. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. In cooperation with the University of Wyoming and Learfield Sports. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Join us next week when we discuss Wyoming Cowboy football.